before we get started today, I just want to send uh, my condolences to Stanley and his family. Um, he lost his wife, Joan Lee, this past week um, at the age of 92, and I know it's a troubling time for them. And we here at Nerd Pool would just like to send our condolences and just say that we know that behind every powerful man there's a strong woman, and she was his uh, inspiration for a lot of what he did and a reason they did a lot of what he did. And this episode is dedicated to her and her memory. Thank you. Rest in peace, Joan Lee. Welcome, everybody, to the Nerd Pool Podcast. With the fat fool who loves Deadpool, your host, Jamie. The water's fine. Come on in. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Nerd Pool Podcast. I, as always, am your host, the fat fool that loves Deadpool. Yes, it's me. It's me. It's a J-M-I-E. Your 131st favorite podcast host. And as always, your Sherpa down this road of nerdiness. And on today's episode, I'm talking Spider-Man Homecoming. That's right, Homecoming Day Spider-Man. For all my people below the equator, or excuse me, below the border. Anyway, we're going to jump right into this. I'm going to let you know that I'm going to tell you what I like about the movie without spoiling anything in the first half. Just some of the things that I think you should know. And in the second half, I'm going to be dropping some spoilers. Not complete, but I'm going to drop a little bit. I'm going to let you know before that happens so you don't get upset and think that I'm just spoiling everything right out the gate. Um, I just got back seeing from... Uh, just got back from seeing Spider-Man Homecoming, and it, it, it's really fun. The, the movie, is it's the best Spider-Man movie there is. It's not perfect, uh, but it is very well done. Tom Holland is by far the best Spider-Man there is. Watch out as I duck all the haters on the internet that's going to be spitting at me saying, Tobey Maguire, Tobey Maguire. Tobey Maguire was not the Peter Parker or Spider-Man I wanted. He did an okay job, but he didn't quip enough. He wasn't, he, he's just, Tobey Parker's not... Toby McGuire, excuse me, is not the person for that job. Tom Holland does a great, great job of portraying a kid in this movie that is basically a uh, coming of age where he's got these powers. He doesn't know how to do it. He's just got back from a big um, mission with the Avengers, and he he's now trying to cope with just being a normal teen, going through normal life in a normal high school while having superpowers. Um, I want to tell you about the breakout star in this is his best friend Ned, played by Jacob uh, Batalon. I hope I um, am pronouncing that correctly. Who is this? This movie should have been called uh, Ned Homecoming because he's in this movie a lot and he he picks up the slack. He doesn't overwhelm in this movie. He's the funny sidekick, and it's nice to see a a kid. He's the kid that looks more like a kid than anybody, an average kid. He's not, you know, he's overweight. He's the quote unquote geek in school with Peter, and he's just trying to survive while having fun with his best friend and build a Lego Death Star, who comes up finding that his best friend is Spider-Man, um, and then trying to cope with not being able to tell anybody, but having this big secret of wanting to tell it to someone, and he does a really great job here, he's funny, he's likable, he could easily become the unlikable person simply because he knows a secret, and it might seem like they put him into this movie and he could be trying to overtake the uh, Spider-Man and kind of just steal the scene. And he does, but he doesn't do it in a in a jerking manner or in a, I'm going to take it, he's just his natural uh, 
timing and essence of going against Peter Parker, going with him, just comes on screen perfectly, and it's just a well-done performance. Uh, and some other thing, and, uh, Marissa Tomei playing May Parker, it's a running joke, again, through this whole thing, that, that she's attractive. Everybody knows she's sexy, she's attractive. Marissa Tomei is a beautiful woman. And from Tony, Par- uh, Tony Stark making references of it in a uh, video blog, which we'll get to, him joking about it to a restaurant waiter, uh, giving her free food at a restaurant. I mean, it's just one of them things where she she's just the complete opposite of any Aunt May you've ever seen portrayed. Even though Sally Fields was great as Aunt May because she looked like Aunt May, this is just a different take on it, and they do a really well job. Uh, Michael Keaton playing the Vulture. God, Michael Keaton is so good. I mean, he he's so great. And to go from being Batman to being the Vulture, so go from being a hero to being a villain from DC to Marvel... He does a great job of doing an essence of, this is a small spoiler, trying to basically just feed his family by being a criminal mastermind. He he's crosses the, he does that line between being a sympathetic character and being a complete psycho, which it just scares you. He does a great job of Vulture, and I'm so glad that they did the Vulture in this and didn't try to do the Green Goblin. I'm over Green Goblin. We've seen it way too much. And I'm glad they went with a character that, that is not widely known to a lot of outsiders, but it's such a great portrayal and a great addition to this cast. And Michael Keaton just blows it away, as he always does. Michael Keaton, I don't think I've ever seen him do anything bad. He's one of my favorite actors, and he's had sort of a resurgence here recently, and I really hope he keeps going because he does a great job. Um, a few other th- people we're going to talk about is Robert Downey Jr. being Robert Downey Jr., playing Iron Man. Tony Stark, I mean, this is the perfect role for him, as we've seen a million times. He is Tony Stark. He's the playboy, million, multi-millionaire, billionaire, whatever you want to say. And he, he does the great job in this movie of uh, being the the father figure that's not a father figure. He doesn't know how to be a father figure or a mentor, but yet he's trying his best to be a mentor to Spider-Man, uh, Tom Holland. And it just, the, the, the chemistry that they have, the... the the roles that they come together and the the arc of them basically growing together, learning and not really knowing how to take each other is is incredible. And then uh, the woman that and this is a small spoiler. Again, it's a small spoiler that's in the you see her in the uh, trailers all the time as the nerdy friend, sort of nerdy friend of Tom Holland and, or uh, Peter Parker and Ned which is Michelle, which is played by Zendaya. I hope, I, again, I'm saying this right. I'm sorry, I'm terrible with names. But she ends up playing Michelle, or MJ, as we find out towards the end of the movie. Again, spoilers for that. That she she does good with what she's given. Um, well, they're going to make her, if they're going to have her be MJ and be the Mary Jane character without actually referencing or calling her Mary Jane... I'm not ter- I'm not bad with it as long as it's she's not playing Mary Jane again. It's one of the things that I don't like in- anything when they when they just try to change something too much simply for the sake of changing it. Uh, she does good for what she is in this, which is kind of the rebellious teen who's outside of everybody, kind of on the outskirts of being the nerd dork of the group of Peter and them, but yet even not fitting in with them. And she she does a good job in the small amount of time she's given and just having an attitude and does really well in it. And she actually did good in this movie. Donald Glover has a small role uh, role in this movie. And it's 
it's Donald Glover. It's, it's so good in this because it's not the normal Donald Glover. It's not a happy-go-lucky. He plays uh, Prowler, who's he, it's just referenced as Prowler. He's just a thief trying to buy a weapon, and it ends up uh, he ends up giving a small nod to future Marvel movies. I think, in my opinion, but we'll get to that. But all in all, the casting was done really well. Tom Holland again is the best Spider-Man I've ever seen. The movie has a few has a few little things that I didn't understand, but overall, it's a very fun, very great, very uh, action-packed movie with a, with comedy in it and and just joyfulness in it. And that's what I want from a Spider-Man movie. I want to see the joyfulness of a kid coping with being a superhero and being alongside other superheroes and not really knowing how to you know, still tread the waters of being a normal high school student, still being afraid to talk to the girl he likes, getting up the courage to ask her out, while at the same time trying to live a secret life of being a superhero but not really being able to do what he feels he wants to do, and him being treated like he's not ready, him thinking he is, it's a great arc, and it's just great. Uh, so now we're going to get into the spoiler part of the episode, so you can cut it off right here if you don't want to. That was just a small review of it. Go see the movie. You'll enjoy it. We all know it is. It's Spider-Man. It's Marvel. Marvel hits them out of the park every time. If they don't hit an outside-the-park home run, they at least hit an inside-the-park home run. They they do these movies right. And Spider-Man being one of their biggest properties, they just did an incredible job here, casting-wise, story-wise, uh, arc-wise. Everything is just great. Now we're going to get into a little bit of the spoiler episode again. I'm not going to try to spoil the whole movie, but there's um, a few things about this movie that just kind of... I didn't really understand. Uh, not that I didn't understand, but it's just, to me, kind of just didn't play well. One of it was the fact that uh, Michael Keaton's character, Vulture, owns a construction company or a cleanup crew, demolition company, that was contracted to clean up the uh, the Manhattan when they destroyed New York and the Avengers won. We start off present day there with him having the contract, him having to get the alien tech, they're selling it, they're hauling it away, and them coming in and being told by the uh, Department of Cleanup, or Department of Destruction Cleanup, ran by Tony Stark and the government at the co-production, that they are taking over, he is no longer needed. He tells them, you know, I spent money, I bought new trucks, I've hired all these people, we have families, you can't just do this, and she said, take it over my superiors. And it comes to him and a few of his workers at a warehouse where they realize that they still have some of the alien tech that... They've been uh, recovering, and he says, let's just keep it. And then we go eight years later to them stealing alien tech and him being the vulture with this massive wing suit that is just incredible to look at. It's incredible to look at. And the simplicity, the simplicity of the suit with the complexity of the suit, it just intermingles so well. But the thing I didn't get about it was the fact that he has a guy there that's basically his tech guy who builds the suits, builds all these weapons and everything, the, the guy worked for a construction company, and you see him tinkering with a piece of uh, the Chitara uh, energy sources, making a little drone fly and everything. So you, they, they're trying to give you that he's a tech guy and he builds things. But to build these massive, the suit of uh, the vultures, or to build these weapons that he makes, I didn't understand, they didn't get into it, that he's, how he had the knowledge to do this, how they had, I know they had the, the, technology uh from the aliens and then they kind of integrated our technology to make him make the weapons and stuff but it just to me it kind of glossed over the fact that how did this guy do it and why was he working for a construction company was he a former employee of stark industries did he work for hank pym did he work for uh 
I can't think of right now that made the yellow jacket suit. How did he have this to do this? But that's again, this is a small nitpicky thing. It gets you into it. It gets you into the the whole scenes, the whole Peter Parker. It gets into the whole story. Uh, another thing um, I didn't really understand was the Peter Parker suit, which was is controlled by uh, Tony Stark. It has its own Iron Man tech in it, which kind of takes away from the Peter Parker's a tech guy thing, even though you see Tim make his own web fluid, he makes his own web shooter. He did all that, yes, but they never, they kind of just give him the tech, and I'm okay with that, don't care, the suit looked amazing. But at one point, there's a tracker on the suit, and him and Ned are in Washington, and he's going to take the tracker out. So they go through it, Ned's got his laptop hooked up, they're trying to erase the tracker, they find it, they hook to it, and then Ned finds the uh, training wheels protocol, which basically has a bunch of the set, the suit's tech locked out, and Peter Parker tells him to take it off, and Ned just, what seems like with a push of a button, deletes it. I'm not saying, you know, Ned's apparently supposed to be a, a computer genius, he references wanting to be the guy in the chair around a bunch of computers, which has a funny little scene at, towards the end of the movie, uh, with a bunch of computers telling him where he's at, what's going on, you know, looking up things for him, but, and I, so I understand that he's probably some kind of a computer tech guy, but this is Tony Stark, and it didn't make sense for me that the suit would be built by Tony Stark, and it would just be able that a high school kid could hack and delete a protocol out of it. That just didn't sit well with me. It moved the story along. I know how it was written in, why it was written in, but it just didn't. That part to me just kind of made me go, I don't know about that. But again, it's just a little nitpicky thing. I'm not, I'm not complaining about it that much. I'm not going to worry about it that much. Now, the one thing... Uh, the, there's a couple scenes that I want to talk about because I think they're they're really important to this. Is um, one of them is after the uh, events of the Staten Island Ferry being split in half, as you see in the trailer, with Spider-Man trying to hold the Staten Island Ferry together. Iron Man comes in, basically welds this thing back together until they can get help, and that's when Spider-Man spoilers loses the suit. Tony Stark takes his suit back. There's a little moment of Basically, that kind of sums up their 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 relationship to where Spider-Man, Peter Parker, is yelling at him, saying, "If you'd have just listened to me, if you'd have just listened to me, they you'd have known that they were there. Nobody listens to me. You know, I'm I'm worth more than what you're letting me do. I'm this, I'm that, and he's going about it, and he's you know basically venting his frustrations about not being part of the team, about being with the training wheels proto protocol, and not being allowed to do what he needs to do." And Tony Stark looks at him and says, I am listening to you. I'm the one that called the FBI, which were on the boat. And he says, nobody else wanted you on the team. I'm the one that took a chance. So it's basically Tony Stark telling him that, that I'm trying my best to mentor you. I'm trying to get you where you want to be, but you've got to help me. And it's just a cool little story. It's just a cool little scene with them two to where it kind of sums up their relationship to where you have a mentor and, and, his, and the guy he's mentoring and the kid he's mentoring and they're clashing because they both feel, because one's feeling he's underutilized and the other one knows that he's not ready to take on the bigger steps. And it's just, it, it's such a well done little scene that I think really helped set up a tone for the third act of the movie, um, which sets up another part. And this is probably the best scene of the entire uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. It has nothing to do with Spider-Man, the vulture suit, anything. Uh, Spider-Man finally gets up the nerve to ask Liz, his crush out. 
He asks her to homecoming. She says yes. She He goes home. Aunt May helps him dress. He just helps him to learn to dance. He's set up. She drops him off in front of Liz's house. Liz, he goes to the door, knocks on it, and spoilers, her dad is a vulture. Michael Keaton plays her father in this, and it's just a one moment that the whole theater that I was in basically got like a, what the hell? You know, like it was just a shocking moment that happened that I don't think a lot of people saw coming. I I thought it was coming. I kind of saw it, but a lot of people wouldn't see it coming, and it's a great moment to where Spider-Man sees him, where Peter Parker sees him, he knows who he is. He knows what it is, but he but Michael Keaton doesn't know that Peter Parker or Peter Parker is Spider-Man. And he takes him in, he's giving him the whole dad spill, talking to him, you know, while he's waiting for his daughter to come down. And then he goes, you see the awkward moment of Peter looking at him constantly, not really knowing how to handle the situation because it, again, it's one of those I know this guy's a criminal mastermind villain who's killed people, and I'm standing here, I don't know what to do. Uh, then they he drives them to the homecoming dance, and that in itself, right there, the scene in the car is awesome. When you see Peter Parker knowing who he is, and you see Liz in the back telling him, you know, saying he works for, he's interning for Tony Stark, um, that he was in D.C. with her, and you see uh, her dad putting pieces together, asking questions. You must have been scared in the elevator, which I'm not going to get in the elevator scene. You'll see it. You'll know what I'm talking about. And he's just saying these little questions, and you see the mood change in the whole scene from being this joyful, oh, it's my daughter's first date type to this is Spider-Man. This is the guy that's been trying to direct everything I've been doing. You see that mood change, and then they pull up, at the dance, and he tells his daughter, get out, you know, go inside, gumdrop, is what he calls her, and he said, I'm going to give him the dad talk, kind of the joking thing. She gets, she says, don't let him intimidate you, smiles and gets out. And then the scene that follows right here, it's not long, but it works so well, with Michael Keaton looking at Peter Parker and asking him, does she know? When Peter responds, and again, this is a spoiler, I'm going to give you this whole scene. He responds with, know what? And when he said good, she doesn't. He goes through a spill. He goes through the ultimatum of saying, you saved your life, I'm forever grateful. Again, we're going to the elevator scene. That's when you see the movie, you know what I'm talking about. To him telling him in the, the darkest part, but it's so well done, this line is so well given. When Michael Keaton says, and you've seen it in the trailer, I'll kill you, and I'll kill everyone you love if you keep messing with me. And basically tells him to get out, go inside, have fun with his daughter, but not too much fun, and gives him a smile. The scene is so intense, and to see the, the progression of him not knowing who uh, Spider Peter Parker is, but Peter Parker knowing who he is, to them both knowing, is so great, so well done. The dialogue is great. The, the interaction is so well, and it's just a powerful little moment of the movie that is not, that, that is not even, I mean, there's, there's no explosions, there's no web slinging, there's no quipping in it, there's nothing, it's just a powerful, powerful moment of the movie, and to see Spider-Man go, to see Peter Parker go inside and tell Liz, I can't be here, you know, I'm sorry, 
I can't, and run off because he's got to stop Vulture from doing this next big job that he knows is coming to the next scene in which it's going to be to rob Tony Stark. But then the next thing I want to talk about is just a, a strong little moment because it's a culmination of everything that has happened with Peter Parker. Um, in the movie, in the beginning, when he's Spider-Man, he's the kid that's not, he's got these powers and he thinks he's ready to be this big villainous superhero, but he's really not. So he's trying to learn and, uh, Tony Stark keeps telling him, you're not ready, you're not ready, you're not ready. But, Spider-Man thinks that he is. It comes down to this part, to where Tony Stark says a line. He says, uh, when Peter points taking the suit back, Peter Parker says, I'm nothing without the suit. And he tells him, if you're nothing without the suit, you don't deserve it. Which was a strong moment. Well, it comes to this scene, to where he runs to chase Vulture down. Vulture basically drops in a building on him. And you see him trapped under all this rubble, trying to get out. And you see him... Cr- crying and he's upset he's scared he doesn't know what to do he's screaming for help nobody's there and you just he looks down at a water and he sees his mask he sees half his face and half his spider-man mask it's in a reflection and it's a powerful moment to where he knows right then what stark was talking about that he wasn't ready but he knows he's got to get himself out of this he can't depend on others or anything so he forces his he forces his way out of the rubble and he goes on and he, he ends up saving the day. It's again powerful scenes. I don't want to give away the entire movie, but the movie is so good, so well done. Marvel knocked it out of the park. Um, Sony is letting I guess they're doing a trilogy here, and I really hope they can keep it going. I hope Sony knows what they've got because it's it's a great. It, this is a good partnership, and, and Marvel just knows what to do with the character. The movie is very well done. It's the most comic book Spider-Man movie there is. The whole movie seems like a comic book, the way it's written, the way it's shot, the way it is. From the kids in high school, that it's actually, they're in high school, they look like they're high school kids, interacting through the day, and then you see the action and and the suspense and the, the, the terror and everything that goes along with a superhero movie. It's just well done. It's very joyful. I suggest everybody to go see it. If you're even not a comic book fan, you'll still love this movie. It's Spider-Man. I mean, Spider-Man is great. This is this is the best, my favorite, and the best one, not by far, but by a margin. I mean, it's, it's better than Spider-Man 2, the Raimi Spider-Man 2, but it's not leaps and bounds it's just a really good fun uh marvel movie marvel did a great job again and i'm just so glad that i got to see it i hope you go see it support it and just have fun with it because i mean it's a joyful time it's a great spider-man dialogue everything um and i just want to say you know thank you again uh that's going to be nerd pool for this week i hope you enjoyed it Another movie review, Nerd Pool at the Movies, I guess you can call it. Uh, go see Spider-Man Homecoming. It's it's a good movie. You're going to enjoy it. Uh, so for all my chimichangas and tacos out there, that's Nerd Pool for this week. See ya!